So to eliminate the bias, it was also very smart of us to have RevOps being under a CFO. So we're like Switzerland. <laughs> we are not taking sides, but we are just, we are setting up the processes and making sure we're aligning with the buyer's journey instead of marketing versus sales. Again, jumping into that siloed bandwagon slash war. This is RevOps Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in revenue operations. We invite the brightest minds in RevOps onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today, we're joined by Olga Traskova, who is the VP of Revenue Operations at Tiger Connect. Olga, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Amazing. So actually, Olga, it seems like you, like myself, I didn't actually enter revenue operations, but you, I believe, came from a marketing background and then have transitioned into RevOps through that uh, entry point. First of all, is that correct? And second, I'd like to ask how the kind of marketing background influences your role in RevOps, because typically we see somebody from a sales ops background going into RevOps. So that's two big questions. But first, how did we get into sales slash RevOps? And then how does your marketing background influence how you uh, run the revenue operation? That's right. I, I do have a marketing background. My education is um, is marketing. And it just sort of happened about 15 years ago, I landed a marketing operations job. It was not called marketing ops back then. We went through, as you may remember, marketing automation, marketing technology. At some point, we were called marketing ninjas or growth hackers. Um, now we're sort of settled right on the marketing uh, on the marketing operations. So I spent about ten years in the marketing core marketing operations role. But as you um, as you develop in the marketing ops, you start asking questions uh, yourself, and your CMOs ask questions: What's working? Why it's working? And uh, you're pushed to be more proactive than reactive. And I very quickly realized that I have to expand. Marketing ops shoes, it's not like I've grown out of them, but to be able to answer all of the questions to from from my CMO, to be able to truly work on the marketing and sales alignment, we have to work and look further than just the marketing, marketing operations. So yeah, Marketing is my background. Marketing is always in my heart. And I sort of organically, um, just through my natural curiosity and natural curiosities of my 
CMOs uh, transitioned uh, into first pipeline analytics and then um, revenue operations. And you're right, we are a rarity here in the revenue operations world. There are not that many uh, RevOps people with, with the marketing background. And I think um, usually marketing is not like ignored, but it does not get the um, enough attention that that it deserves, right? So that's what I'm bringing to to the table now. Marketing controls so much data, pretty much all of the go-to-market data, uh, pretty much like seventy percent of the tech stack and ninety percent of the budget. So it is essential and important to have that marketing seat at the table of the revenue operations and the revenue engine. Would you say that Target Connect is a marketing-driven or sales-driven business? Um, You know what? We are actually a revenue-driven business. We do have revenue engine uh, committee, uh, which I lead. Um, and for the almost first time in my life, um, we have representatives from, from the key teams. We do have marketing leaders, sales leaders, um, sales enablement, sales operations, marketing operations, finance leaders at that table where um, we are looking at the forecasting. We're looking at the major marketing motions. We're looking at the pipeline development. We're looking at the key metrics. So, um I cannot say that we are we're definitely we're definitely marketing driven, but we're looking for that complete alignment into what happens on the marketing side and the sales motion. Oh, and what happens after it's closed one, right? What happens on the client success side as well? What are the key motions we're driving in the client success side? So it's it's really about the buyer's journey that we're focusing on rather than just separated departments. As long as we keep talking about marketing versus sales, you know, it's it's still it's still siloed. So we're following the complete buyer's journey uh, to make sure that the processes and then the tools and then the metrics, the KPIs are all aligned and that all tell a story throughout the process. Did you start the Revenue Engine Committee? Um, they started it for me. I've been with Tiger Connect for only five months, uh, joined uh, in May 2021. And basically my first week here, uh, my CMO handed off me this meeting and told me, now you run it. Um, It was a little bit intimidating um, at at the beginning, right? So where do we start? It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty large uh, large committee, and to make sure that we're all on the same page and we're just not talking the talk, but we all leave the meeting with the outcomes. Um, So that was. um, that was a challenge for for me at first to to set it up. Now we do have a dashboard that we'll look at um, biweekly, and now we're um, layering an AI on top of that dashboard, um, a tool a tool that we are bringing in. So this is basically that one um, leaflet that um, marketing, sales leaders, finance, client success leaders are looking at to um, to get the, the, the pulse of the business, right? The heartbeat of the business. Are we, are we on track with the pipeline coverage? Are we on track? Let's start with the top of funnel. Are we on track with increase in MQLs, uh, pipeline coverage, uh, forecasting, closed one, uh, how the onboarding of the new clients is going on? And then we already started planning for uh, the 2022. So 
it is really this, um, you know, harbit of the business checking, checking it, making sure we're all on the same page. We have um, each um, representative um, deliver on the major initiatives. Um, for example, um, uh, sales enablement um, also participates in the revenue engine meeting and their biggest motion is let's sell, sell. So working on the onboarding ramp, content mapping, working with the product marketing and sales ops on the sales methodologies and making sure that it's easy for sales to sell. They know what tools to use, when to use them. They know where to grab their content and what content to use when. Um, marketing ops would speak about the lead scoring, say, for example, and what we are uh, what we're doing to drive those the top of funnel activity. Got it. So in that meeting, just to clarify, we, hey, we're going to have sales enablement. I assume we have sales ops. We have marketing ops. We have success ops. Yeah, are there any other like parties represented? We have CFO. So Tiger Connect uh, Revenue Operations uh, resides under CFO. So we do have CFO. We do have CMO. We do have um, CRO. Um, so the key executive leaders as well as um, uh, the uh, operational leaders within each department as well as well as the sales enablement. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty fluid. That's the core um, structure of the revenue uh, engine committee. Whenever um, we have questions on the forecasting, on the pipeline trends, uh, whenever we spot um, uh, issues with the pipeline coverage or with how we are trending to close one this quarter, we will invite the sales leaders. We will invite some, maybe even salespeople to talk about the key deals or talk about the, what they're seeing, what they're seeing on the market, right? So we are trying to, uh, besides the score committee, keep it fluid. And then if there are questions, we would invite, you know, um, department leads uh, toward the marketing campaigns, events that we are, webinars that we're running running or, you know, pipeline issues that they might be seeing. Got it. So did you, did you um, just going back to your transition from marketing to RevOps, was that at the at cornerstone where you first like officially took on revenue operations responsibilities? That was at Saba. Um, Saba was pre-Cornerstone and Saba was acquired by, by Cornerstone. It's been almost five years before the acquisition at Saba. And this is, so... Uh, <laughs> I've been telling the story, so I think I can. Um, uh, no one, I'm not, I'm not gonna hurt anyone's feelings. I think I brought the, I think I brought the revenue operations uh, notion to Saba. I attended Dreamforce back in times when we were able to attend Dreamforces, um, and I was really uh, impressed and motivated by one of the sessions that I um, that I attended. It was about the revenue, um, the revenue operations. Um, at that time, we struggled with. Um, um, the data integrity and the data misalignment between marketing and sales. Uh, my data set and my analysis was always different from the sales ops analysis. And even though we were so close with the sales operations, we were uh, connected at the hip. We had uh, we had weekly, daily meetings, calls, etc. But then there was always something breaking between our analysis. So. I attended this session where they showed a dashboard and what the uh, the reference that they used, a stitched kilt. And they said, this dashboard does not look like a stitched kilt. It actually tells a story. And then I realized that a lot of our dashboards actually looked like stitched kilt. And it's 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 not it's not gonna work. It's not it's not scalable, it's not it's 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 not it's not there. So 
um, I came back and I and I spoke to my and I spoke to my leaders. Really shared um, uh, the this this beliefs. <laughs> I became a believer in the revenue in the revenue operations. And uh, about six months later, um, we restructured. Um, my uh, my manager at the time, VP of revenue operations, was brought into Saba. Uh, we also reported into CFO and. Um, Marketing ops, myself, sales ops, my colleagues from sales ops, client success ops, um, um, IT tech, and then we also had a PMO office. Were brought into this um, revenue operations department. Um, we definitely had like some friction, maybe for a quarter or two, trying to um, find new ways to work together under one roof, under the same umbrella. But you know, after. Uh, almost two and a half, three years of revenue operations there, it was a whale oil machine. I, I know it sounds like cliche, but it was. Uh, with a very limited budget, with a very limited resources, we were able to accomplish um, uh, the process that worked. It was easy on each side of the, it was easy on the marketing side. It was an easy handoff or delivery from marketing into sales. It was clear and clean tracking on the sales upside and then a, a clear tracking in the client success side. Um, we had team responsible for the tech stack, for the technologies, so they would support us with uh, with, 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 the, with the applications. We also layered some pipeline analytics to, to look further into, um, into the pipeline, into the forecasting. So what we developed there uh, was, was beautiful. And then we got acquired by Cornerstone and we started rebuilding it there. Um, and I joined Tiger Connect. <laughs> so it was six months from the Dreamforce talk to you guys formalizing the RevOps um, like function or approach. Yes, more or less. What, like, yeah. what did you have to do in that six months to convince the business? I think the business was almost convinced, right? And RevOps is a hot thing now. If you if you if you look online, it's it's everywhere, right? The issue is that not a lot of companies are adopting the structure or even the mindset because they might be already so heavy in the structure, so heavy invested in the current processes, they're not agile. Uh, the benefit of us at that point was that we were pretty flexible right they're not we did not have that many uh, resources nor processes we were basically two people marketing ops three people sales ops so it was easy to put it together from like the operational and the and the tactic standpoint and i think um also well, the executives just got tired when a CMO presents this set of data and uh, a sales leader has completely different set of data. So they realized that it's not going to work. So and after the executive meetings, you know, I would receive a call and be like, well, our data is wrong again. So it all comes down to um, the alignment, be able to report on the same data set, look at the same um, set of metrics, uh, be on the same page. Sit, not the stitched guilt, but the actual storytelling with uh, with the data. So the pain was there, and maybe um, that Dreamforce session was very timely to just highlight, hey, this pain is solvable, and it's uh, it's pretty easy to solve. And it actually made a lot of sense that we started reporting to CFO, sort of like a third party. There's always this continuous mm. fight, right, between marketing, marketing and sales. 
So to eliminate the bias, it was also very smart of us to have RevOps being under a CFO. So uh, we're like Switzerland. <laughs> we are not taking sides, but we are just mm. uh, we are setting up the processes and making sure you know we're aligning with the buyer's journey instead of marketing versus sales. Again, jumping into that you know siloed bandwagon slash war. Yeah, I mean that's such a good point, and I don't think I've heard or we've heard a. Uh... RevOps or Salesforce function reporting to the CFO, but I love your like rationale for that. You 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 said you're not siding with anyone, but in reality, you're actually siding with the business because like the CFO, which is also siding with the customers, as you said, with the buyer's journey. So it makes total sense. What would you yep. say is a big focus for you uh, moving into 2022 in the new role? So we are resetting the processes. I believe in keeping things simple, um, letting sales sell, and most importantly, letting buyers buy. So we are focused on that. We are making sure from top to bottom of the entire funnel, our processes are simple. There are no bottlenecks. We're not overcomplicating things, right? It is easy uh, to find us online. It is easy to get on our website. It is easy to consume content. And then it is easy to uh, ask for demo or pricing and get into the sales hands. And then for sales, it is also easy to follow the sales process. So um, the top of the funnel, starting with the website redesign that way, did a couple of months ago, uh, product repackaging, also making it easy to buy and understand the, the products. Uh, lead scoring, um, lean data, so it's routing. And then we also launched the new sales methodology. We went with Medic uh, and trained um, sales teams on, on the new sales methodology, automated it as much as possible in um, in Salesforce, also tracking um, those um, Medic key points in Salesforce to be able to then track and report adoption. So um, an after closed one, being able to quickly onboard it, track the client success. We actually just um, hired a client success operations director, which is also a rarity in this world. After trying to, after trying to recruit one, let me tell you, there are not that many client success operations um, specialists that understand what it takes. Um, to onboard a client, to keep it healthy, to minimize the risks, uh, uh, how to um, um, how to better use Gainsight in conjunction with Salesforce, et cetera. And that's going to be our new representative on the on the revenue journey uh, on the revenue engine committee, uh, of course. So what I'm trying to do is unpuzzle, untangle all of these complicated processes for marketing and for sales and for sales ops and automate as much as possible. And another thing is provide more visibility um, to my executives on the forecasting and the analytics side so that we can um, early in the in the cycle identify the gaps so that marketing um, can tailor marketing campaigns to to certain buyer groups um, so that sales can attack um, certain opportunities you know early when we're seeing you know the the activity level is dropping or something like that makes total sense letting buyers Buy, I think is what we're going to call this episode. Now, Olga, the final and most important question is who in the world of sales ops would you, oh, sorry, who in the world of revenue ops would you most like to take for lunch? Uh, Jordan from Ring DNA. 
uh, I've been listening to their podcast as well. Mm. Uh, I uh, I like I I love how um, relaxed they are. You know, rev ups can be complicated and it can be pretty dramatic <laughs> during the ever, everyday life. Uh, I like how on their webcast, these three guys they just really chill about it. So when when I feel stressed uh, and I drive from 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 work home, I just listen to them. I'm like, it's, it's just gonna be okay. <laughs> so they make <laughs> me feel good about about the job and about the future revenue operation. <laughs> Shout out to the guys at Ring DNA. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, I believe it's the RevOps. We'll find it and we'll link to it yeah. in this. It's the, the, the Ring DNA RevOps podcast. Amazing. Olga, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been an incredible journey, right? And I think it's super cool what you did at the company that got acquired. It was, I've got it here. It was Saba that then got acquired by Cornerstone. I think it was super cool what you did to go from these segregated teams to that one cohesive RevOps function. And then I also love your point about uh, reporting to the CFO. I think that's super interesting. We haven't really heard it before. And then finally, your focus on the simplicity of what we're really trying to do here, which is let the seller sell and then the buyers buy. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Thank you for having me so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of RevOps Demystified. If you're listening on a podcast, listening application, please follow, rate, and review the show. And if you have any questions, about the show can recommend a guest or just want to learn more about RevOps or Ebster, hit us up at podcast at ebster.com.